So when people call Bitcoin and other cryptos, I'll just focus on Bitcoin for now, a Ponzi scheme, they don't mean that Bitcoin was set up in a way that uh, early miners received more Bitcoin as rewards for mining than later miners, meaning the protocol, referring to the halvening, where the reward is reduced by half every four years. And as something is new and is introduced, not that many people know about it. It's worthless. It's just been trading less in the market. So, of course, Bitcoin was cheaper in the early days than it is today. But just because a protocol is set up where you have more reward in the very beginning than later, uh, four years later, it doesn't mean that the demand will be high and that the price will be higher necessarily. Um, so while that doesn't not help Bitcoin, right? The Ponzi nature of that, that's not what we're referring to. If you look up the definition of a Ponzi scheme, what does it say? Something is a Ponzi scheme or a fraud and a Ponzi scheme is a type of fraud. If, if the investment scheme is illegitimate and an investment scheme is illegitimate, if there's no real business or profits to be generated from the activity. So think of a company, they're going to produce a real product. They're going to sell this product at a profit. These are the profits that you would expect to make a portion of, if you invested in this business, this is a legitimate business. Now, even if a business isn't profitable and you invest in it, that's not necessarily a fraud. That's just, that's just how, how it shakes out. Maybe it's just a bad business, but at least it was trying to make a profit. There's actually something going on unless it, unless the owners completely just uh, pretended to be a business and they knew all along that they were just going to not try to make a profit, but that doesn't really make sense. That's an edge case. But for Bitcoin, there's no business that is Bitcoin. And the people that promote it always talk about how it's decentralized. So there's definitely no coordinated group behind it, at least they say. So just using their own language, there's no group of Bitcoin people that are producing a profit for people that buy into it. The only profit being made if you're in Bitcoin is if you're a miner. So, but if you buy into Bitcoin, that doesn't mean that you get to share the profits of the miners as a totally separate activity. So Bitcoin is not a legitimate business and it's not a legitimate investment. Now, some people will say it's just like gold or stocks. Stocks already explained that there's a real business behind stocks. You don't just profit from selling it to someone else. You can profit from the business appreciating in value based off of profits it earns from a legitimate business activity. Gold is a commodity that actually has consuming demand. It's used in things. It's used in jewelry. It's used in industry. 
uh, it also is just an investment vehicle. But the fact that some people invest in it to then sell it at a higher price later does not make it a Ponzi. The fact that it's a real commodity that has real uses, it's a real thing. People are not persuading you to invest in gold just to get rich, which maybe some people are. And maybe you could argue that that is a illegitimate way of, of encouraging investment if you're just basing it off of pure price, although I'll reserve my comments for that at some other point. The point is it's real and you can do something with it. It has utility. Bitcoin has no utility and no, you cannot use being able to send it to somebody else, a utility function. It's not a store of value because when you buy Bitcoin, you're directly transferring money from you to someone else who basically says, here you go, here's some Bitcoin. But that's not a service. It's not a technology, right? It's not a payment rail. It doesn't store value because on the other end of that trade, you have to go find someone to then buy your Bitcoin from you to get your, your cash out. And there's no guarantee that the price will remain the same or that you'll even be able to find a buyer. So it's not even um, a transfer of payment unless you consider that you're just going to use Bitcoin for like 10 minutes and then you have a buyer on the other side for sure that you're able to get out. Maybe you could say you could concede that, but that's not what it's being used for. That's not its primary purpose. People who go on CNBC and Bitcoin Twitter always talk about price appreciation and why you should invest in this, in this Bitcoin thing. Um, so fraud. So it's a Ponzi, not necessarily because investors, old investors are being paid off by new investors, which actually is true. But it's the, they, they often say, well, it's decentralized. And so there's a lot of people coming in and they're all different, right? They're all different. They're all selling Bitcoin. They're all different. And they're all getting new people to come in, which is true. But the, the principle is actually the same. The only way that you make money on Bitcoin is if you find someone else to sell it to. And that is if you're inducing people to buy Bitcoin based off of that or not well you're not telling them that but you're basically saying you should buy bitcoin but the only way that they can profit is by selling it to someone else that's a legit illegitimate investment scheme um it doesn't matter that it's quote unquote decentralized if that's your only argument that a ponzi scheme is centralized and bitcoin is decentralized you're walking a very fine line between what is going to be called decentralized and what's not going to be called decentralized um, so who do you blame? Do you blame the person you, who sold you Bitcoin? No, because they didn't induce you to buy it. The fraud happens when you are induced into buying Bitcoin as an investment. And most people are not going to be buying Bitcoin directly from a person who induced them. This is some talking head on CNBC, right? 
And then you go to Coinbase and their matching algorithm, you know, gets you uh, to buy from some unknown person. But you don't have to buy it from the person who induced you for it to be a crime. The crime is the inducement itself. Think of a stock pumper. Pump and dump. Well, you have a pumper who says all stuff, all kinds of stuff on CNBC. And um, they get in trouble. And they're liable because hundreds of people then buy, buy this stock. Because they think it's going up. And the pumper makes money off them. But he didn't directly sell them his shares, maybe he sold somebody else who didn't hear him. But it doesn't matter because he influenced them to take an action based off of his deception, off of his promotion. So I think it works the same way with Bitcoin. Is there's a whole bunch of people in the middle of Bitcoin who are not pumpers and they don't induce anyone. But they're trading and they happen to make a profit. Now, I don't think you'll ever really be able to recover for them because they didn't commit a crime. They didn't induce anyone. They just happen to get lucky and be in the middle. Now, with Bernie Sand or with uh, Bernie Madoff, um, there were people that actually made money off of his uh, scam. So there are people that lost and people that, that actually made money. Um, so they actually did, they actually have forced the people who have made money to give back to help the victims that lost. Well, because this was a centralized Ponzi and it was easy to track down, well, who, who made money and who didn't. And, um, even though the person that was inducing was made off himself, not the people that actually happened to make money from his Ponzi. So you think, well, why should the people who happen to make money off of Madoff's Ponzi have to give anything to the losers? I'm not sure I know the answer to that legal question. I don't even know if it's justified. Um, I would say probably just because it was easy to track them down. It just made sense because the money basically they made was in large part or maybe all, all, all part yep. um, uh, based off of money that came from new investors, which was illegitimate. Um, but with Bitcoin, I don't think that they're going to be able to track people down who made money in Bitcoin. They, and the only way they made money is by new investors coming in. But I don't think they can track these people down really and say that they are liable. I think it'd be just too difficult. Um, and I can't really think of a legal reason why. But I think that they can go after the people that induced other people to buy. And then the, also the people that keep the Ponzi running. These are the miners because the miners are crucial in keeping it going. Uh, but I actually blame the pumpers the inducers more than the miners. I think the mine, the inducers are very, very, very much liable here. Uh, and, you know, I keep seeing on Twitter, the crypto people trying to defend themselves. They're saying that everything else is a Ponzi and you don't know, you know, they're saying people don't know what this means. Um, 
And I think they think that we're talking about, again, the dynamics of the protocol, which basically were programmed in that gave more of a reward in Bitcoin in the beginning than it does now. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about the fact that it, now that contributes, but that's not the issue. That's not the essence of it. The essence is, it's an illegitimate investment scheme. And a lot of people will define that as few, as new buyers paying off old buyers. While that's true, usually, and that defines the type of Ponzi scheme that is a Ponzi, type of fraudulent investment scheme that's Ponzi, um, one must ask why, and that's that's because it's illegitimate because it doesn't have any source of profits to pay people money. Um, all you can do is sucker in more people, and eventually you run out of more people to fool, and it collapses. And because of that inevitability, they call it illegitimate. And you know another inducement that the fraudulent people have done is that they've used the term hodl and they've even told people never to sell, never to sell their Bitcoin. So this is like the, the Bernie Madoff people who were invested in Bernie Madoff scheme and they never wanted to take out their money. Like they had maybe paper profits, you know, Bernie showed them some paper profits and they were like, Oh yeah, I'm good. You know, keep it, keep my money with you. Keep it in there. This is like hodlers. And the people that are, suggesting hodling are also inducing in my opinion they're not inducing people to come in and buy but they're inducing people not to sell and you have to induce people not to sell because again you need a new buyer for every seller and if everyone is every old buyer is now trying to sell it collapses because you can't find enough new buyers that's the that's the nature of ponzi's and how they collapse and why they're illegitimate um, I thought of this guy, Apollo Robbins, who had heard about a while back. He's a magician and he specializes in deception. And I just, rem I was just thinking about him and, um, because I was looking at the definition of fraud and Ayn Rand, and there was a really good article by Atlas, the Atlas Society about fraud and um, coercion or uh, use of force. And it talked about deception. And anyways, um, Apollo Robbins basically is a master of deception. He talks about when he's doing his magic tricks, he's a pickpocket and he talks about controlling someone's attention. And I read an article where he said, the crime usually happens in a time frame that you're not aware of. So before or after, you're just looking at this one time period. He described this bank robbery where before the bank was, while the bank was being built, this construction guy, he pretended to be a maintenance worker or whatever, but he secretly built something, a way to go get into the vault or to eavesdrop. And so 
whenever the crime later occurred, when the bank was built, the people were looking for like the obvious, you know, well, this, this couldn't have happened before it was built because it didn't exist, but it technically did. The crime was the deception of this guy coming in, pretending to be a janitor or whatever. And he actually built, uh, a, uh, a way for him to get into, to crawl into the vault or something. So that's when the crime occurred. Now, if you think about crypto, when does the crime occur? I don't think the crime occurs whenever someone sells you Bitcoin, because unless this person directly induced you, the crime occurs whenever an inducement happens, a fraudulent inducement based off misinformation or misstatements or predictions that are just crazy wild or untrue or the fact that they don't tell you that this is essentially a Ponzi where you, to get out, you have to find someone to give you even more money than you paid. And there's no guarantee of that happening. So in my opinion, the deception of Bitcoin are the people who are inducing you. So the people on CNBC advertising and pumping Grayscale Investment Trust and all their commercials. These are the perpetrators of the Ponzi, and these are the people that are liable. So there was a trail on a thing on Twitter where it said, you know, it was funny because it was like, give respect to whoever, tag whoever um, convinced you to buy Bitcoin. And this is going to be, I just thought about this the other day, yesterday, this would be a very convenient trail to see who are the inducers of this game. Um, so I think the crime occurs at inducement, and that's why it's so hard for people to figure out, hey, is this a Ponzi? Who's benefiting? Who's telling a lie? Because a lot of the people, like this Jake Traversky guy, lawyer, policy guy for Bitcoin or crypto says, oh, well, you have to have a lie. Um, well, the lie is the inducement. He's saying, well, it's open. Everybody knows how it works. No, they don't. They're being conned. They're being just deceived. They're not being told how it works. Even if it's like somewhat, you could figure it out maybe, but not really. There's so much misinformation. It's in code. This isn't like easy for people to figure out. Uh, entire narratives have been spun um, about Bitcoin's digital gold. It's going to replace the dollar. I mean, crazy things. Um, and some statements might be forward-looking, but others probably would be definitely considered just false, untrue, or not valid based off of reasoning or evidence. So if you if you take the definition to be a Ponzi is an illegitimate investment scheme, it's an illegitimate because it eventually collapses, there's no profits, the only thing you can do is sell it to someone else. That's it. And you were deceived into, you were fraudulently deceived into buying it, thinking that it's some great thing, it's digital gold or something else. Um, then you were deceived. You were not told the truth. You were deceived. And you were deceived not by somebody randomly selling you Bitcoin on Coinbase, but by the person who convinced you to buy it based off their deception. The person that you saw on CNBC, the person that you saw on a podcast talking about Bitcoin and inducing you into buying it.
so the Bitcoin people, they, they pretty much grant that it's Ponzi-like in that it's a zero-sum game or that they, they, they realize this, they realize they know this. But they seem to think that because it's not centralized or because they think it's open and, and known to people, but I'd argue it's not known to people because it's 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 just, you're they're deceived with all these lies and inducements. Um, so it's not known to people. They're actively deceived. And um, uh, it's unlike other things that that they consider getting in early, like um, a stock or a company or uh, maybe another asset. You know that you sell it to someone else in the future it's different because those things actually have real utility there's a real profit potential there's actually like a use case for gold or corn or something there's actually a use case for a business they actually uh, intend to make a profit based off of providing a good or service no one is doing that in bitcoin all it is is they're they're asking you for your money in return for bitcoin so, in my opinion, the crime happens when you're induced into buying it. So the inducement is you're convinced, but then you take the action to buy based off that inducement. So it's also whenever you hand your money over to someone uh, based off an inducement, that's, the, that's when the crime occurred. That's when the swindle occurred. And then the people that are telling you to hodl and never sell... That's a continuation of the swindle because they don't want you to have to sell because they don't want there to be too many sellers at any one time because they have to bring in new buyers for anyone to get out. And for the price to go up, they want more buyers than sellers. So the, the whole thing about HODL is also an inducement. It's an inducement to stay, to not sell and to stay basically to to pretend like you have paper profits when really you have nothing. All you've done is given your money away to someone else who sold you Bitcoin and um, they want you to continue to do nothing or to hodl and never to sell. Uh, that's an also an inducement to stay in this sort of investment or to basically pretend like you are winning when you really have nothing and you've already been swindled, you've already been taken advantage of.